everyone. You're here with the Family Medicine Interest Group at UT Southwestern in Dallas, Texas. I'm your host, Jeremy Amard. On this podcast, we like to interview family medicine physicians about their lives, careers, perspectives, and any advice they would like to give to medical students. Today, we're excited to have Dr. Sai Madhavapedi, who is a sports medicine physician. He goes by Dr. Sai by his patients. So Dr. Sai went to medical school at UT Southwestern. He did his family medicine residency at John Peter Smith in Fort Worth, Texas, and completed his fellowship in sports medicine also at JPS in Fort Worth. Dr. Sai, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jeremy. So, Dr. Sai, um, first question I want to ask is, what brought you to a career in sports medicine? So, it was actually an injury while playing my favorite sport, cricket, that brought me on this uh, path towards medicine in general and sports medicine specifically. Um, I got injured while playing uh, cricket. I broke my thumb. I needed surgery and then went through rehab afterwards. And during the time when I was recovering from this injury, I started thinking about where I was uh, with what I was doing before and how you know a career in medicine would give me a lot of uh, personal satisfaction um, in you know, having an opportunity to take care of patients and also give me the chance of actually seeing um, how what I do has a direct and positive effect on the people that I work with. Awesome. And um, you were a programmer for a few years before medical school, is that right? That's correct. All right. So what, what sparked a, a change was that injury during while you were still programming and doing all that? Yes, um, I um, I was a programmer um, in a telecom company here in Dallas, um, and I was four years into my career, and I was at that point where I was enjoying my life as a programmer, but I was also feeling a little stuck with, um, you know, the the limitations of what you your daily routines and activities are like as a programmer. You're sort of confined to a six by six cubicle um, <laughs> and you're on the computer all the time. Not that that has changed with medicine, but, um, but I feel like I was at that point where I was l- learning to understand what I would want out of my career. And I felt like personal interactions um, were fairly important and that was something that I was not uh, getting as part of my programming job. Yeah, awesome. Um, So now you practice almost exclusively sports medicine, at least at your current practice. Um, What what aspects of sports medicine do you enjoy the most? Um, Again, it goes back to, you know, my reasons for getting into medicine in the first place. I feel like I have the opportunity of working directly with patients and um, the interactions I have and the interventions that I can provide my patients um, can have immediate um, effects on the patient, uh, most often for the better. And that, you know, in a way makes me um, feel like I'm having a good and positive effect on, um, on, on individuals who I interact with on a daily basis. So what does your day-to-day work life look like? Yeah, so uh, I am in a completely outpatient practice at the moment, so um, I don't have any call, um, and I barely have to take or interact with patients outside of my uh, work hours. 
Um, my clinic typically starts around 8.30 in the morning and goes on till around 4.30 in the afternoon slash evening. Um, and right now, you know, I'm only, I've only been in practice for about two years, so I still feel like I'm building my practice. So I see anywhere between, you know, eight to 12 patients some days to about 18 to 20 patients on other days. Um, most of the visits are about 15 to 20 minutes long. Uh, and some of them, which are probably follow-ups, can be much quicker as well, where, you know, we just follow up on what we have done previously and how the patient, if patient symptoms have improved or worsened, and based on that, we decide what to do next. Yeah, so what kind of patients do you serve? Um, mostly, uh, we see a lot of insured patients. Um, uh, most of the patients have private insurance. Uh, there are a few who are on Medicare as well. We typically also see uh, a few self-pay patients. Um, we do not see a lot of uh, Medicaid patients. Um, that's the one insurance that we did not take in our clinic. Yeah, and what kind of ailments uh, do your patients? Yeah, so come most with? of the most of the time, so I work in a um, an orthopedic surgery practice, and the physician I work with, who's an orthopedic surgeon, uh, sees a lot of um, joint replacement sort of patients. So, um, a good portion of our population is slightly on the older side, um, and who want or have been active and want to remain active. So. A lot of times the issues we typically see are either uh, chronic knee pain or shoulder pain. Uh, we also see ankles, backs, lower back pain is a big part of what we uh, see in our clinic on a day-to-day -day basis. We also see um, you know, younger patients who are in high schools, uh, college or, or you know weekend warriors who kind of participate in different sporting activities over the weekend um, so some acute injuries uh, fractures muscle tears um, and other issues like carpal tunnel or trigger finger um, those are all you know uh, part of what we see on a daily basis yeah in our past four weeks together we've done a lot of procedures that's correct. Um, what would you say are some of your most gratifying procedures? What are some of your most favorite ones that you do? Um, I use a lot of ultrasound in my um, procedures. I think it helps me identify uh, the pathology. I mean, we do diagnostic procedures and also, um, you know, interventional procedures with the ultrasound. So uh, it helps us identify certain pathologies and also uh, I feel using the ultrasound gives me the ability to be a lot more accurate with our um, injections as well. Uh, for me, I feel like the uh, glenohumeral injections with the ultrasound um, for situations such as uh, chronic rotator cuff issues or uh, glenohumeral arthritis or um, a frozen shoulder are pretty satisfying because you do the, you, you know, complete the procedure and the patient gets off the exam table and actually can start moving their shoulders in a way they couldn't do for the past five, six, or many months. And that's that's a very uh, satisfying experience, in my opinion. Awesome. I thought the trigger finger injection was also pretty satisfying. That's true, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, so you work in a dedicated orthopedics and sports medicine clinic. Uh, what made you choose this practice setting compared to maybe doing a mix of 
primary care and sports medicine? Yeah, um, one of the reasons why I chose a dedicated uh, sports medicine or orthopedic surgery practice at the moment was because I felt I had three years of training in primary care and I only had um, one year fellowship in sports medicine. And with, I definitely wanted to focus a little more on the, the musculoskeletal side of medicine, but I felt like I didn't have enough experience just with that one year. Uh, working in a, a purely orthopedic surgery slash musculoskeletal medicine <laughs> setting um, uh, gives me a little more exposure and experience in this setting. I've been here two years, I've really enjoyed it, and I've realized that there's still a lot more for me to learn mm-hmm. on the side. I'm not saying I've learned everything I need to learn on the primary care side. I feel um, that's a notion, and you're always learning new things every day. Uh, but I feel I uh, have definitely enjoyed the past two years um, and I feel there's still quite a lot more that I, I have to learn. Awesome. Do you have an ultimate uh, long-term goal, say 20, 30 years from now? 20, 30 years from now, I want to be retired and not, having, <laughs> not have to worry about medicine in general. But, but yes, um, you know, uh, I came into medicine... Um, through sports and I would want to be involved with sports in some way or the other, be a team physician or taking care of athletes. But I also feel um, medicine and my background as a family medicine trained physician gives me the opportunity to um, you know, give back to the community in more ways than one. Um, I already work in a charity clinic uh, twice a month, uh, taking care of uh, uninsured patients with their chronic primary care uh, problems. I would definitely like to continue with that. Um, I'm originally from India, and one of the reasons why I wanted to do family medicine was also to try and see at some point, maybe I can uh, go back and you know help with, uh, with primary care or general medical care for patients in India. And I feel my training as a family medicine physician will help me with that as well. So that's something I want to do. Um, uh, global health is definitely of interest. I haven't had a chance to really uh, put that into practice in the past few years with you know with COVID and other things, uh, and my current practice setting as well. But uh, hopefully, at some point in the future, that's something I'd like to do. That's really cool. So, how do you balance your work and personal life? Um, just like we call medicine the practice of medicine, I think personal life and um, you know it's it, it's an evolving practice. Uh, you learn something new every day, uh, with you know both at work and also in your personal life. I feel and with your interactions with your uh, loved ones, and yeah, uh, staying humble and trying to uh, learn new things and you know see how uh, I can be a better person, I guess. Awesome. Um, and do you feel like having um, a physician spouse makes the, the kind of work-life balance difficult? Or do you feel like you guys, it actually helps you all understand each other more? Um, that's a difficult question. Uh, my wife is a, a inpatient psychiatrist at Southwestern. Um, I feel, you know, as two individuals, irrespective of whatever profession you're in, 
uh, it takes a lot of um, uh, work in a sense. It takes a lot of um, um, investment in the relationship where you know you're trying to understand each other and kind of make life better for each other. I think that's the ultimate goal. Um, definitely having a physician uh, spouse sometimes helps in you know in them understanding some of your work frustrations um i feel like she she does a better job of understanding mine than i do of hers but um but yeah that definitely helps but otherwise we both try and compartmentalize our work schedules away from our personal lives uh, it's not easy it doesn't happen all the time but uh, you know we try and uh, keep that out and work on us as uh, individuals or human beings more than bring that work into our uh, personal lives as well. That's great. Awesome. And um, you've also told me um, outside of the clinic, you volunteer to be a, a team physician for a minor league cricket team here, the Dallas Mustangs. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. So what goes into that? Um, at the moment, um, you know, uh, like I said, I was, uh, I've played cricket in the past and I wanted to take that into, um, you know, and try and bring that into my professional life as well. So I work with um, some cricketers in the area. I see them as my patients in the clinic. Um, the minor league team is just something that has evolved recently. Um, there are plans to start a major league uh, cricket uh, event in, in the US as well. Um, so the hope is that this will evolve into a larger sort of uh, role. But um, most of the time, most of the cricketers um, in the minor league right now are semi-professional. Um, so, you know, just making sure they are at, um, uh, at their peak when they're playing the game, you know, making sure um, we are taking care of all their health concerns. Uh, making sure they're um, you know well hydrated during the game so um, it almost is like a team physio sort of a role but uh, you know again I'm um, working on the weekends helping out some uh, local cricketers so and I'm enjoying or I'm doing what I enjoy so it doesn't feel like a job or anything so um, it's it's been good so far Yes. You travel with them sometimes. Sometimes, yes. <laughs> yeah, not all the time. Yeah, awesome. That's great. Uh, well, Dr. Side, uh, do you have any advice for early career medical students or even pre-med students who um, still not sure what career is right for them, what specialty? Um, what, what, are, what are some advice you can give to early career students in terms of figuring out their best fit for them? Yeah, um, you know, if, if you are... Um, already you've already made up your mind about going into medicine in the sense you want to go to medical school become a physician uh, understand that you know it's a long road um, takes years almost you know once you start medical school it can be anywhere between seven to eight years uh, at a minimum before you you know get to the other end and can be called an attending um, so you know there's there's a lot of uh, compromises you'll probably have to make during during the course of uh, this journey but at the same time understand that uh, what you may be exposed to before starting medical school is going to be um, 
as far as the professional avenues that you can take through medicine is going to be very very limited and use the time that you have during medical school uh, at least the first three years to to explore all the different areas um, some people come into medical school knowing exactly what they want some people don't and if you are in the latter category uh, take the time to meet people within um, the medical field um, you know there's so many specialties that we don't really know much about uh, when before you start medical school um, if you hear of something you know something novel that someone's doing uh, reach out to them um, you know try and spend time with them shadow them that way you get a better idea of uh, what it is like being a physician in a certain field there's differences between academic medicine and private practice there's differences between you know outpatient uh, work versus inpatient work uh, there's differences between call uh, or you know or um, what you call um, shift work yeah shift work exactly versus you know scheduled uh, daily the same routine sort of time that uh, you can work so those are all you know different things it actually uh, it takes a while for you to figure out what works for you from your personality's perspective and what you like seeing on a day-to-day -day perspective as well. So, and when you think of it in this, this sense, along with all the academic requirements you have in medical school, uh, you don't have a lot of time to, you know, figure out what you would like personality-wise, but make the most of the opportunities, ask questions, reach out to faculty, um, and see if they can help you uh, set up some time with different physicians in different fields. Uh, that's probably the best way for you to know what's out there. Once you use those first three years to figure that out, you can use your fourth year to spend more time within that field, maybe, you know, and then uh, focus more on that as you apply into residencies. So, and still, again, even during and after residency, there are things that you may figure out on the go, on the fly about what you like about what you're doing versus how you would like to change it. So um, just like they say that, you know, medicine, uh, you're learning all the time. You're learning all the time about uh, your professional and your pro you know, personal likes and dislikes as well. So be open to that and never feel like you are, uh, you know, set into what you need to do. There's always things that are outside your scope that you may enjoy doing and you never know. So in my opinion, be open to it. Um, and that's the only way you can improve yourself. So Got it. So when you were a first or second year medical student, did you envision that this, what you're doing today is exactly what you'd be doing at this moment? Um, I guess a little bit. I, like I said, when I came into medical school, I knew I wanted to do something that was musculoskeletal related, sports medicine sort of related. Um, I think there are different paths. Again, once I started, I knew I wanted to do uh, this, but once I started med school, I kind of realized, oh, there's a surgical way of doing it versus a non-surgical way of doing it. Um, even within the non-surgical space, there's so many different ways of getting to what I'm doing right now. Um, and it took me a while to figure out that, you know, I wanted to do um, family medicine and then do a fellowship versus doing a residency in IM, PEDS, EM, or PMNR. Um, but yeah, those are, I mean, 
I, I was appreciative of the fact that I had good mentors in medical school who um, kind of helped me identify all the different paths and helped me kind of explore them a little bit before I could decide what I wanted to do. So, yeah. Do you, would you say there's a, a certain kind of personality that tends to go into sports medicine or is it pretty broad? Um, yeah, there's, there probably is a certain personality for everything. <laughs> Uh, there's a stereotype, I guess. But, what would the stereotype be, you think? Um, I, I think in general, you'll notice that people who are, I wouldn't say, you know, orthopedic surgery, everyone has this, uh, this archetype for an orthopedic surgeon. Uh, sports medicine has a little bit of that too. You would, I mean, you'd, you'd be safe in assuming that a sports medicine or a non-operative primary care sports medicine physician has some sort of an experience or exposure to sports at some point in their lives that has kind of helped them um, steer towards this as a career. Um, so they're all into sports um, and you can notice I always have a TV with sports on in my, uh, you know, in my office. So um, that's probably a fair assumption. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's great. Awesome. Was there anything else uh, I missed? Anything no. else you wanted to say to to our listeners? No, I think I think that's great. Um, you know, this is a great way of um, exposing medical students to what's available or what's out there. Um, and you know, good luck to you and good luck to the podcast. Awesome. Thanks so much, Doctor Sai. You're welcome. All right. Thank you so much for listening. So we'll see you all next time.